reward is priceless. When you connect with, develop, and empower your players, you'll make a bigger impact than you even imagined. Hello and welcome back to another Mental Sweet Spot podcast, where we share tips, stories, and advice for coaching the mental game of softball. I'm Melanie Rushing, and I'll be flying solo today, bringing you a bonus episode. There are many theories and studies that look at what makes the best coaches so effective. They have vision and confidence and a very clear idea of what they bring to the table. Each coach's style is different, and some are direct and outspoken, while others are more quiet and insightful. It's comforting to know that your coaching style isn't the only factor in your success as a coach. So what is success? Putting together teams year after year that win and developing strong players is certainly a big part of it, but that's really a side effect of the real goal. The top coaches believe the same thing you and I do. If you want those wins and the outward success, you have to develop the person. I am so happy to hear more people talking about this topic in the coaching world nowadays. It's finally shifting away from the stigma that caring about your girls and showing them understanding and support means that you're soft. You don't have to coddle your players to protect their self-worth. You don't have to sugarcoat to build confidence. And most importantly, you don't have to lower your expectations to make your girls feel better. These are all some of the misconceptions that we hear that are just not true. The best coaches know you have to have just as high of expectations and standards as ever. The difference now is how we get to be the guide in this journey. And that's why most coaches get into the profession, right? To help develop young women, make a difference in their growth, and help them enjoy and thrive in this game. The tricky part is how to do this. So I find it's best to watch and learn from those who are doing it well. And we're fortunate now to have more and more resources to learn from top coaches. We can watch them on TV, see their demeanor, hear how they approach the game. Seeing them in action and how they respond to tough situations is so helpful. And the product of all their hard work, players who are resilient, confident, and shoot, look like they're having a ton of fun out there. Sure, there are going to be times at every level where the girls are upset and frustrated and going through slumps, but you can tell with these programs, they just bounce back so much faster. So one of our favorite things to do is listen to podcast interviews with coaches on podcasts like NFC is the Dirt. Uh, in the circle on Fast Pitch News, the Going Yard podcast. That's why we've reached out to some of the top softball coaches for our podcast. As scary as it was at first, they've all been so gracious. And there are more that we are very excited to interview in the future. The coolest part is our guests have been gracious enough to share how they bring out the best in their players. And though their approaches were all different, they've all had the same core belief. And you can hear it in the way they talk. They know that you have to develop the whole person. We've asked multiple coaches now, like, what is the reason you coach? What's that main moment that you coach for? And it's always been some form of the aha moment when things click and you can see the gears turning in their head like they understand now. That's the magic. So we've been reflecting recently and trying to figure out, okay, what are the top skills that these coaches are using to get more of those moments that other coaches with all of our best intentions just aren't quite getting enough of yet, quite honestly. And we came up with these three main skills. They're really good at connecting with their players. They're really good at developing them both physically and mentally and even emotionally. And finally, they empower their players. So here are some examples just from past guests that we've had. 
So Lonnie Alameda, we think, is a master connector. She has this honest and really patient style, pushing her players but supporting them through that struggle so they can get better and better. If you haven't already discovered it, check out the Coaches and Coffee podcast. Uh, She and her assistants chat in season about all things softball, not just their team, but it's amazing to hear their language and how they talk about their kids. Like with us, the quote we got from her was, you can love your kids, you can grow them as people, and you can push them on the ball field to be the best skill player they can be. And they just embody that in everything they do. It's so impressive. And it makes you feel like, wow, okay, I can do this as a coach too. And it's not just some catchphrase she uses on interviews or something that sounds good, but maybe they don't do it. They live it every day. You can tell it's a part of their philosophy to connect with these players in some way every day to make them better. And you can see the results of that. (laughs) Another interview was with Ruby Rojas. She's the head coach at Mount Sac in Southern California. Super successful team, won the national title. They're in the top every year. And it's not by accident. It's not, oh, she just recruited really good players. She develops them, both physically, mentally, and emotionally. We were excited to have her on because not only has she coached a really successful team and maintained that success for a long time, it's so impressive. She's had amazing experiences herself at the top levels, and she's continued to grow and is currently pursuing her doctorate in sports psychology. So, of course, nerdy side Mel was really excited about that. But the coolest part was how she's shared so many tangible, actionable drills and activities that combine the physical and mental elements for her teams. She only has these players for two years, mind you. So it's really impressive how she can really maximize their talents by focusing on development. Our third example is Larissa Anderson of Mizzou, and she is the poster child this year for empowerment. If you've been following their program, they have had an amazing resurgence. This year, with their hashtag of own it, they have exceeded expectations. And I think that is a credit to her ability to empower her players. Like, look at the own it hashtag. She didn't come into the new position saying, like, I'm going to turn this program around or this is my way. This is how we're going to do it. She came in and gave them ownership of the journey and empowered them to step up into their own process. And she runs a tight ship, folks. (laughs) Like, If you've ever heard any of her other interviews talking about how she runs practices and how she focuses on the fundamental skills, like it's not an easy program to be a part of, I guarantee. But I bet it's so rewarding because those girls see that they've had a say in their development and they've had a part in it and how far they've come. Now, as amazing as these coaches are, Beware, do not put them on a pedestal. They have busted their butts and poured their hearts into the profession to get where they are. And that's the beautiful thing. You can do that too. These skills may seem like superpowers when I frame them from some of these top coaches, but really they're just skills that need practicing and refining. Coaching is a challenging journey, but you can be more successful and more fulfilled when you master these skills. So let's dive into the how. First, let's talk about connecting. Go to any coaching clinic or convention and the majority of the sessions are focused on developing physical skills because that's what coaches want. Everyone loves drills, right? Who doesn't? Pitching mechanics, hitting drills, defensive strategies are all staples. Don't get us wrong. We love that stuff too. 
but there's a huge piece missing from the instruction, the people. I think it comes up with every one of the speakers. If you listen carefully, they talk about making sure you individualize it or making sure you know what each player needs. So that's why we want to dig more into the people side. To illustrate the point, let's talk about one of my favorite movies. <laughs> Remember the Titans. So Coach Boone's tactics may have seemed revolutionary for that time, but they weren't magic. They were psychology. Despite some real and intense challenges in society at the time, he used this process to achieve unexpected success for that team. There's a study done in 2007 called Understanding the Coach-Athlete Relationship. It was done by one of the leading coach-athlete relationship researchers in the UK, Dr. Sophia Jouet, and one of my own professors, Artur Poshvadovsky. He is amazing and is all things connecting and developing. So these two are my go-tos when I look for research on how we can coach better. So what they discovered in this study was that our personal differences bring up feelings that shape our thoughts and behaviors, which then affects the outcomes we achieve as a team. So personal differences plus feelings equals outcomes. Super simplified, but if you take a look back, it really makes sense. So we saw how the equation can go south in the Remember the Titans movie when the team went to their summer camp. So when they arrived, they were still segregated and did not want to learn more about each other. That's the individual differences piece. They felt frustrated by the new coach's tactics, which led them to thinking and behaving selfishly. So that's that second part of the equation. So it wasn't a surprise to anyone when they weren't performing well. There's the outcome. It wasn't until Coach Boone took them on what looked like an exhausting early morning run that they made a turn. His speech to them wasn't just inspiring. It really made the players think about how they could take action and connect with one another. Once they started to get to know each other, the equation that was holding them back before could now be their superpower. So with the same equation, personal differences plus our feelings equal outcomes, right? So now they valued each other's personal differences, which led to positive thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And then it created the successful outcomes of them performing well together. And that connection doesn't stop with the players, though. Most coaches will run team building activities to improve cohesion. Uh, others will hire professional consultants to help with the connectedness of the team, like bring someone in, have a talk, and everyone feels good. But many coaches are either hesitant or don't know how to create a strong connection with their players. So in a more recent study by Sophia Joet in 2017, she studied coaching effectiveness and figured out that the coach-athlete relationship is at the heart of this. So want to be effective? Have a good relationship. Sounds a little scary, right? But she found that without a quality coach-athlete relationship, there can be no effective or purposeful coaching. And we've seen this, right? Like, wow, that coach like knows their stuff and I don't know why they can't seem to get the best out of their players. This is it. And that relationship looks different for each person and doesn't have to be about being their best friend and talking gossip about what they did last weekend. <laughs> we actually discourage that. You don't want to be their buddy. But we encourage all coaches to connect with their players. It may look different for each person, though. So here are some examples of ways you can connect based on your personality. So you can connect with your players in a relational way by talking about things other than softball. 
They want to know you care about them as a person, not just as an athlete. So you can start small by checking in with a player each day and asking what's new. Maybe what's going on in school or in their family. What's uh, new with them? If you're a youth coach, ask them if they're Uh, enjoying the college search. If you're in college, ask them about their courses and what they're thinking of doing after college. There are so many topics that can just casually be brought up, maybe while they're warming up or getting ready and putting on their cleats. Just figure out how to connect with them in a relational way. If you're more of an experimental thinker and you like to think big picture, maybe discuss your big goals for the team with them. Talk to them about your coaching philosophy and how they fit into that dream begin by asking just what their big goals are. Help them visualize those dreams and make them into a reality. If you like a more practical approach, maybe it's a planning session with them. Ask for their input on practice and what they feel is the best use of time. This is not like, hey, what do you think we should do? Just handing them the practice plan, but getting their input about what they enjoy, what they get the most out of, and what, from their perspective, is helping the team most. This can help them feel like, oh, wow, coach values my opinion, which you should because they're the ones doing it. You want to make sure they buy in and make sure all the time you put into these practice plans is actually getting put to good use. And finally, you can also connect with the more analytical person or if your brain is more analytical by tracking some progress and goals, check in with them. Hey, I know you set this goal for your batting average or this goal for your ERA. Let's talk about how that process is going. What are you working on to get there? Uh, what are some things you're doing in practice to boost those numbers? They love their numbers improve, so it can be really helpful when you discuss scouting reports, game plans that all come together. So whatever way you feel comfortable connecting with your players, do it. It might feel awkward at first, but push yourself. We tell our girls to get out of their comfort zones. It counts for you too. It's the most important coaching skill amongst all of these three. And the best way to look at this relationship, instead of worrying about getting too close or feeling vulnerable, is look at it as a mentorship. Lead them through their journey, asking questions along the way and helping guiding them down the right path toward their eventual immense success both on and off the field. If you already connect well with your players, dig a little deeper to get to know what makes them tick, what scares them, when do they feel the most pressure, why do they play. They want to feel more connected to you too, so share some of your story with them as they open up to you. Maybe share some of the things that pressure and scare you. It doesn't mean you have to be buddy-buddy, but you need to take on that mentorship role because even the smallest moments like this can add up to something big. All right, now let's talk about the second coaching skill, develop. This skill is one coaches are very familiar with. It's probably the reason you love coaching, right? It's all about developing strong, confident athletes who go on to do big things. We've gotten pretty good at developing skills and strategies, and there are amazing resources out there to help get our players into the best physical condition for competition, but that's not the best we can do. So I want you to imagine for me. Imagine a large glass jar. That's the potential your athlete has to have a great performance on any given day. Our goal is to fill their jar with everything they need in order to succeed on game day. So now imagine you fill the jar to the top with rocks. These represent physical skills, strength, speed, agility. You build them in the weight room using ladders on the sidelines or implementing dynamic stretching. 
you have enough of those to fill that jar, right? And now it might look full, but coaches know we can do more. <laughs> so next, imagine pouring sand into the jar, watching it fill all the nooks and crannies between those rocks. This represents the technical skills, like throwing, hitting, pitching, and fielding. You work on these with fundamentals and reps. The jar's looking full now, right? But you're pretty savvy. You're <laughs> thinking, okay, what else can I fit in here? And you're right, of course, there is still room in there. Now we're going to pour in some water. This represents the tactical skills players need in order to actually play the game. Knowing what to do when the ball comes to them or knowing what to throw a certain hitter all fall into this category. All of the strategies, rules, and intricacies of playing our game. So now, imagine that jar and it looks completely full, right? And it really is this time. So you can pat yourself on the back for a job well done. You've filled up their jar and given them all the tools they need. And that's not an easy task and you deserve credit. So please don't think I'm discrediting that at all. But we haven't finished with the jar. Now the athlete has to take it and pour it all out on game day. That's how they get their best performance out. On those days where they seem to be running on all cylinders and everything is clicking, it means they emptied the entire thing. And this is where we believe coaches have the biggest opportunity to develop our athletes. We can teach them how to empty that jar on game day. You know how, but we're still working on getting better at teaching it. That it is confidence, resilience, and grit. When they have these three things, they'll consistently empty that jar and have their best performance day after day, game after game, season after season. It probably sounds like a big task, <laughs> one that you're very tempted to put off until you quote unquote have more time so you can really sit down and figure it out. And we completely understand that overwhelming feeling, but here are ways to start small and get working on it today. I'll give you four examples again, based on the four coaching personalities. If you haven't figured out your personality yet, we've got a quiz for that. Uh, mentalsweetspot.com forward slash coaching dash personality. So if you're more analytical or your player speaking to is, you can track their performance and progress. Keep stats like quality at bats, which are more under their control, and have a discussion on how those numbers are changing over time. You can also keep score during drills and see how they improve. For more relational thinkers, they're developed best and you can help best when you get to know their personal needs. Talk to them one-on-one -on -one between drills or innings and see if there's something they could improve. Discover it together. That's the way a relational uh, thinker works best and definitely show them when you're proud of them. Developing those who are more experimental is easiest when you use metaphors to explain why you're doing something. They won't be hesitant to try something new if you give them a good enough reason to. And finally, when you want to develop someone who's practical, break it down step by step. Once they see how each link in the chain connects, you can let them go and they'll work their way through it and finish it on their own. Progressions work really nice for these folks. So remember, these are just preferences and how we learn and coach. Every single player can benefit from these tactics. So try one new thing each day. The key is to give them more tools and strategies for emptying that jar when it counts. And just like we tell our players, focus on 1% improvement each day. I know a lot of coaches get excited, myself included, to implement everything I've just learned. But do it one at a time so you can really focus in on that one thing and perfect it before you move on to the next one. If you're struggling figuring out what to address first, work backwards from what your players need on game day. Are they struggling under pressure? Teach them how to deal with pressure and the safety of the practice setting. Are they afraid to fail? Make them fail more at practice and teach them how to work through it. 
the nice part is all of these things can be worked on at the same time as you're working on bun situations or bullpens. So again, if you're focusing on one thing each day, you can help develop their mental skills right alongside their physical skills. And finally, the third coaching skill is empower. So now that we've got you chomping at the bit, ready to put these skills into action, we're going to pull back the reins a little bit. It's lucky the most difficult skill for coaches because it means we have to let go of some of the control. Ooh. And no joke, that is not easy because we're there to to guide these girls, to be the person in charge and help lead the way, right? But taking control and directing the situation is not the best way to do that. Think about a child learning how to walk. How do we teach that tiny human to get from point A to point B while standing upright when all they've done is crawl so far? We prop them up, step back, and let them go. And it works out pretty well. That can't be all we do though, right? Poor baby's getting no help. So what else is going on? There's definitely lots of smiles and encouraging words, lots of claps and yay, good job, even when they fall on their butt. So usually someone's sitting about five feet away, arms outstretched, encouraging them to walk to them. Even when we co- they completely fail and plop on their diaper, we actually cheer for them. Crazy, right? Can you imagine doing that with one of your players learning how to get a squeeze bunt down? <laughs> they square... They go to bunt it down. The runner's halfway down the line. They pop it up right to the catcher. You're not going to say, oh, good try. Yeah. (laughs) Most of the time, we could just sit there straight-faced because we're trying to think of the next correction to give. We're most likely standing on the side or maybe even sitting on a bucket. And when they pop that bunt up, we certainly do not cheer for them. When you think about it, that difference is dramatic. So let's be clear, we're not telling you to lower your expectations or encourage mediocrity or be okay with a popped up bunt. We always want our players striving for excellence at every moment. The difference is the approach. With babies, we're so much more patient and supportive. I've noticed this with my own two-year-old now. Like It's amazing the things that I let him get away with because I'm like, oh, he's learning. Well, hey, <laughs> we're still learning as adults too. So why can't we give each other some grace, especially these young adults that we're working with? We don't try to control everything with babies. We empower them to try, fail, try again, and eventually figure it out. So here are some ways you can begin to empower your players to take more control over their own journey, leading them and guiding them instead of controlling them and pushing them. So you can empower your practical players by telling them what you want them to do and then letting them figure out how to do it. For example, give them a goal of making 10 clean plays in a row. And when they make an error, it's up to them to make the adjustment and try again. This is really hard to do. (laughs) I had to like zip my mouth to not give a correction every time. You can guide them by asking questions, but do not give them the answer if you're trying to work on this. Analytical thinkers feel empowered when they see how the work they're putting in can affect the outcome. So track their progress with stats or scores and let them analyze why they're getting those results. What's working, what isn't, and what they should do next to improve those numbers. Empowering those who are relational works best when you show them you've got their back even and especially when things go wrong. Instead of stepping in and fixing it for them, you can encourage them to try again. Show them like, no, you've got it try again. Even better, show them you believe in their ability to figure it out. Like, no, I know you've got this. Think a little bit. Take a second. What went wrong? What were you doing? How can you fix it next time? They will really appreciate you giving them that support to work through it themselves. 
when you want to empower someone who's experimental, help them see the path to their biggest dreams. Let them try new things as long as they've got a purpose behind it. And if they seem stuck, encourage them to take a step back and look at the problem from a zoomed out bigger angle. To clarify, empowerment does not mean you stop coaching. While you're doing more observing, this is your time to notice things you might have missed before. That zoom out we were talking about with the experimental, it's really necessary for coaches too. How many times at the end of season, as you're reflecting, you're thinking, oh my gosh, how did I miss that? It's because we are so in it and so stuck in the weeds, we get this narrow focus and we miss all these cues outside. So messing up once in a while is softball. When it becomes a pattern, from this point of view, you'll be able to better understand, catch it, and fix it for the future. If you ever have girls who are really struggling to figure it out, pull them aside and guide them to the solution. So you don't want to just leave them out there like, well, Mel said, just let them figure it out. And an hour later, they're missing more and more ground balls, getting frustrated on the verge of tears. <laughs> we don't want it to get that far. So ask them questions about what's going on and see if you can lead them to the answer instead of giving it to them. Your approach could differ depending on the person or the situation. But the key is to act as a guide and then send them right back out again to try again. So hopefully by now the gears are turning and you're thinking of ways you can use these skills more with your team. The reward is priceless. When you connect with, develop, and empower your players, you'll make a bigger impact than you even imagined. Mastering the skills is not a destination, however, it's a journey. So start by implementing these tactics little by little, and over time, they'll become a part of who you are as a coach. And not even just as a coach, but also as a person. Shameless plug, that's the real reason we started this business. This is the age of mental training in softball, coaching the intangibles. More and more coaches are catching on to the lingo of trusting the process and controlling the controllables, but unfortunately, that's where it stops talking about it. Most coaches tell their players they need to be more positive and let go of mistakes, and they really do try to help their girls do so, but we can do better. We've been missing the how. Strength training followed the same path we're taking coaches on now. Number one, help players understand the importance of building the strength. Number two, teach them the basics of how human performance works. Number three, give them the fundamental skills to get stronger in the most efficient way. And number four, follow and guide their process as they push themselves to get even stronger. Did you think I was just talking about lifting weights? Well, guess what? The mind is a muscle too. And these coaching skills are the exercises. So if you'd like to take your coaching skills to the next level and help your girls exceed what even they thought was their potential, we'd love to invite you to check out our Dream Team programs. Our programs are best for coaches who dream big, want to make a big impact on their players, and want to do everything they can to develop strong young women on and beyond the field. Sound like you? Head to mentalsweetspot.com to learn more. Thank you for joining me today for this bonus episode. Got a little bit on a soapbox here, but these are things we're passionate about, and we've seen the best coaches use day in and day out. And our real goal is to keep more coaches like you in the game longer so you can have a positive impact on your players. So thank you for joining us and sticking with us through all these episodes. We hope to see you again next week. Have a good one.